All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Can I help you today to get, if you need a lift somewhere? Um, it's my car is right by oh, Did you leave it there? Huh? Yeah, I left it there. I thought you just went there and Because no. uh, well, once I'm there, park? I just... Well, why did you park in the building? Huh? No, 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 he went to Marriedville. Oh. To drop off. Okay, good morning. Um, Tuesdays, we are going to continue with Halachas. We're doing Hilchas Kavias Itim Latara. Uh, and I thought we'd jump from there into Hilchas Talmud Torah, uh, which is Simon and Yeridea, Simon Reish Ayin Vav. Uh, and here the Shulchan Aruch is going to go a lot more deep into the, uh, the halachas of learning Torah, the requirements of learning Torah, um, when, where, how. Uh, so we're in Simon Reish Mem Vav. Um, and it's a little, I'll just show everybody how to navigate over here. There's a little clip over here. So I took just where it says Aleph. Uh, so just that line, Kol Ish Yisrael Chai B'Talmud Torah. And then it continues on to the next page. This is already the next page. Next time I'll just uh, print out all the pages. Uh, but I wanted to save a little space over here. So it'll be Kol Ish Yisrael and then continuing uh, down here. Uh, but just a little uh, primer before we get in. We have four mitzvahs in the Torah of learning Torah. We have Vishinantam Levanecha. Uh, we also have Vilimadatam Osam, Ushmartam Sosam, which is another Pasuk in Devarim. Then we have Laman Yilmadun, that you should also be teaching Torah in, in order that you learn Torah, um, as well as Vigisa Bo Yomam Valaila, that you should be delving into learning uh, day and night. Uh, so we have total four mitzvahs in the in the Torah when it comes to learning Torah, right? Uh, so not just one time that the Torah talks about it, learning. Vishinantam, Lamatitam Osam, Laman Yomadun, and Vigisa Bo Yom And over here, I, I'm looking at the Pesachim and he writes over here that learning Torah uh, has many different kind of elements to it. There is the mitzvah of learning Torah. Right, so that we're going to have to get into. Then there's the mitzvah of Yediyah Satara, which is knowing Torah. Uh, so there's uh, another mitzvah of actually having knowledge of Torah. Uh, and there it wouldn't help to learn Torah and then forget it. There's actually a requirement of, uh, of retaining that knowledge. Uh, and for that, a person would have to do Chazara pretty regularly. Um, and then you have... Um, the mitzvah of um, of teaching your kids Torah and teaching students Torah, teaching Torah to other people, like saying a Devar Torah at the Shabbos table, one would fulfill something, uh, that last mitzvah. Uh, so we also have the mitzvah of teaching Torah to our kids, uh, and that's Vishinantam Levanecha, you should teach your kids uh, the Torah. So we have a special mitzvah uh, to teach our kids, to send our kids to, to Cheder or KTC, uh, or wherever they're going to get uh, um, a Torah education. Uh, so we have all these different mitzvahs that are going to be included. Uh, and in Simon Reish Manvav, he's kind of going to be jumping from one to the other. Uh, so he's going to start with the mitzvah of actually learning Torah yourself. Uh, and then we'll see later, it's going to kind of go into the mitzvah of teaching your kids Torah, uh, as well as uh, the mitzvah of, of remembering Torah uh, and not forgetting it. Uh, and retaining the knowledge of Torah. Uh, so starting with the beginning of the simon, uh, we're in simon, reish, mem, vav, sif, aleph. He says, kol ish Yisrael, every single um, Jewish person, chayev b'talma Torah, is obligated to learn Torah. And he says, bain ani, whether you're poor, bain asher, whether you're rich, bain shalem, begufai, whether you're, you're whole in your body, bain bal yisurim, 
uh, or whether you're going through a lot of uh, difficulties. Uh, I believe he's referring more specifically to uh, health-wise, right? Or, physical pain. Yeah, physical pain, uh, right? Different uh, ailments or issues. Rabnus and Svi Finkel was known to suffer from Parkinson's uh, for last 10 years, I believe, last 10 years of his life. Uh, and he didn't stop. My brother had a chavrusa with him, one on one, and he would learn back to back to back with all the without the students. And he didn't want to take the medication that can get you under control because it affects your mind. It crosses the brain blood brain barrier, uh, and he wouldn't be able to be as sharp in his learning. Uh, so he he would rather sit there riddled in in pain and agony than to than to take the medicine that would uh, stop him from learning. Uh, so uh, amazing, but Bain Bachar, Bain Zuck and Gadol, whether you're young, right, you got young energy, or no, you're, uh, you're very old. Even a poor person who needs to knock door from door, you would think, ah, he's already potter from, from learning. Uh, and even a person who has a wife, <laughs> which we know you can take a lot of time, and you have kids. Also, they're they're up at night. It's difficult to, to get sleep. You're tired. He's obligated to be koveya zman uh, both at daytime and at nighttime. Now, what's different from here and um, in Orachayim, the we, what we just learned about kviyas itim is that over there it applies that it's only bayom. You just have to be koveya itim one time throughout the day. Here he's adding bayom uvalayla. Uh, and he's quoting it from the Pasuk because it says, You should be delving into Torah both at day and at night. I'm not sure why there's this discrepancy, why here in Yoridea it's... obvious ways. In the morning, he's talking about what you do in the morning. So in the morning, you have your breakfast, you, da- you daven, you have your breakfast, and then you go learn. He's not discussing in the morning what you're doing at night time. Uh, uh. So, meaning, they're both true. In the morning, yes, you have to be Kovez man, but here he's saying at night, you also have to be Kovez man. Mm. Before, he was just talking about the morning statement. Yeah, so, I like what Alex is saying that in Orachayim, he's talking about your Seder Hayom in the morning. So therefore, it only mentions the kviyas, the kviyas itim at daytime. Uh, but over here, it's referring to the mitzvah of Vigisei Bo Yama Valayla, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So there he's going to mention uh, the, full, the full scope of the mitzvah, which is that there's a person should be kviyat itim both daytime and nighttime. Uh, okay, uh, so, we, so, we have, uh, so, so over here he's adding kviyas itim Torah, both daytime and nighttime. Uh, he doesn't go as much into the, the mitzvah of Kviyas Itim like we did in Arachayim, uh, just overview. Um, but he brings over here the Ramah, and the Ramah is the, the like uh, extra little sniff lahakel. Uh, says the Ramah, That even if a person only does Kriya Shema, Bidiyeved, uh, he can't. He doesn't have enough time to be koveya itim, uh, so we would still call it begisa bo yom velayla. And you could see in uh, in the shach up here. Uh, this is the commentary of the shach uh, on this side. Um, and the shach over here, he quotes the Gemara, which is the Gemara in I believe it was Munachas. Yeah, Munachas Daf Tzadik Tes Amud Beis. And the Gemara in Munachas Daf Tzadik Tes Amud Beis brings a machlokas between Abaye and Rava. Um, about this matter, uh, whether a person is, so it says, uh, and then comes along um, the Gemara and says, oh, could be that if a person just says, 
would that already be enough of a little bit of a mitzvah of learning? Because you're learning, you're reading from the Torah. When a person says Kriyashma, uh, so Abaye Layat, Abaye, like he uh, figuratively cursed anybody who would teach this to Amiya Aretz, Anama Aretz. Because basically what you're saying is, uh, you don't really need to learn every day as long as you read Kriyashma, you've already fulfilled your minimum requirement by, required by the Torah. Um, so Abaye was against, right? Very strongly against. Don't teach this to Amiya Aretz. Everybody has to learn every single day. Otherwise, you're gonna. That's why they're just gonna perpetuate uh, being an Amiya Aretz because you're giving them a way out. Um, but um, but Rava held no, no, no. We should be teaching this to to Amiya Aretz. Why? Rashi brings down that the reason we should be teaching this to Amiya Aretz because if they if they see how much schar they get for just reading Kriya Shema. And how much more so if they're actually learning Torah day and night, right? If they're koveya itim la Torah, they're going to get so much more schar. So Rava saw this. No, it's like a motivating factor for the Ami Aretz because they see how much schar they get just for reading Kriyashma. How much more so if they actually learn Torah um, and it's actually going to be, it's going to motivate the Ami Aretz even more. Uh, so that was the Machlokas. The Ramah Paskins like, like Rava, right? He's saying we should be teaching it to, to Ami Aretz and that's why... The Shulchan Aruch leaves it out, right? He doesn't want to mention it. Uh, the Ramah, because he was going like a baye, um, that a person, we shouldn't mention that there's this way out of uh, saying Kriyashma, and that a person could fulfill his mitzvah of Kviyas Itim Latara through it. Uh, sorry, not Kviyas Itim Latara, that's separate, but Vigisa Bo Yama Valayla, Torah requirement. Um, but the Ramah adds it in uh, because he held like Rava that no, it's a motivating factor, right? If we mention that. For, uh, for to Amiya Aretz, that even Kriyashma, a person's getting slower than how much more so uh, when a person is actually Koveya Itim Uh Then the Shulchan Aruch continues, uh, So a person who isn't able to learn, uh, so we saw in Orachayim that if a person isn't able to learn, he should still come to he should still come to Shul or wherever they're teaching Torah or listen to Shiurim, even if he doesn't understand. Uh, just by osmosis, he's going to be picking up uh, some of that uh, enthusiasm for learning uh, and some of the Devar Hashem. Um, but over here, he's mentioning that if a person can't learn, um, another thing to do is also to give to others who who can learn, and through that, a person can get schar. Uh, of learning. Um, and the, there's quotes over here from the Igris Moshe, Ramosha Feinstein. I'm going to see if I can find it quickly. It was in one of the footnotes that I wanted to show. Um, but basically, Ramosha Feinstein says that it's not a, we're not talking about a guzma here, which means like, a, um, we're not, it's not like an exaggeration that when a person gives to others, it's like he himself is actually learning. Uh, Ramosha Feinstein says that no, it's, it really counts like a, like a person's actual uh, learning Torah when he supports other people that are learning uh, because you're ultimately the one who's enabling uh, that other person to learn. Uh, and he brings over here that precedence should come public learning, right, uh, as opposed to private learning. So first public learning, uh, like in yeshivas or kolalim or community kolalim, or, uh, that's what should take precedence if a person wants to support others and get the schar limud. Um, and he's not able to, to learn as much as he should. Um, one, of the, one of the ways of, of, uh, of getting extra schar limud would be to support others and enabling others uh, to bring more Torah into the world. Um, uh, so, so that's the halacha of Yaspikla Herm Halomdim, supporting other people. 
Uh, and that's why we find how much support we're seeing for yeshivas like Mir and BMG. Uh, and there's already hundreds of yeshivas throughout the world. Uh, a lot of it is coming from this Shulchan Aruch, that this is like our, our bread and butter, right? Like even if we can't learn, support others. Uh, and this has always been a staple of the Jewish people and how we've perpetuated for so long uh, and kept our, our values so strong uh, is because through Mesiris Nefesh, uh, the Balabatim have been continuously supporting the Yunga Light to learn. Uh, and we ha- kind of have this Shutvis uh, between the two, uh, which are enabling the Yeshiva guys to learn. Uh, and the Ramah continues over here. When a person supports Torah, it's considered like he himself is learning. Um, and that's the, the Igris Moshe is going on this. Uh, Igris Moshe is going on this and he's saying that it's not a, not a guzma. This is a real deal. He says we don't find in the postgame uh, in the Ramah that, he's, that he makes exaggerations. The Ramah says it exactly how it is. Uh, there's no exaggerations in the Ramah, the, the Ramosha says. Uh, but it counts as if the person himself is learning. Now he gets into what's called uh, the Shutvis of uh, Yisachar Zvulim. Uh, so what's Yisachar Zvulim? That a person can make a Tanai with his friend, right? So you have one businessman and one, uh, one Kolo guy. And he, a person can make, can stipulate, he can make a condition uh, that he will be osik betora, vehu yamsi lo panasa, and he'll support him in business. Vyachlek imo beschar, and they'll split the the reward together. Aval im kvar osik betora. So this is like a proper star that people make, uh, signing that they're going to split the schar, uh, and one of them are going to learn, one of them are going to work. Um, that way, each of them can maximize, right? Some people have better business acumen. Uh, they're much better in business, right? If the guy who's learning would try be working in business, uh, you'd probably make, be making, I don't know, maybe you'd be making minimum wage or much less, right? So the guy who's business, he's doing what he's good at. The guy learning, he's doing what he's good at uh, and bringing more Torah into the world. Uh, so both of them are basically utilizing uh, their skills. Um, obviously, the businessman can't c- completely le- negate learning. He also has a mitzvah of learning, uh, and it's famous from, I be- was it the, uh, one of the major gedolim, one of the Bnei Barak gedolim, I can't remember which one, uh, but they, they mentioned to him this uh, uh, Yisachar Zvulin uh, contract, uh, and he said, like, yes, that, um, that, they, they said, oh, but isn't the person who's supporting the learning, doesn't he get just as much schar as the person learning? He said, yes, he gets the same olam haba, but he doesn't get the same amount of olam haza uh, that I get uh, from learning, from learning Yom Avalayla. Uh, so, so a person, the olam haza that a person gets uh, from learning is, is also amazing when you tap into to the joy of connection to, of Dveikas Hashem through learning. Um, also is an amazing amount of uh, pleasure in this world. So obviously, even if a person, Yisachar Zvulin, you're getting the same amount of schar as the person, as the person learning. Uh, but nevertheless, not to negate, there's also a mitzvah of Yidiya Satara, of knowing Torah. Uh, so, so not to negate that aspect of learning. Um, but nevertheless, it does, it does split up 50-50 uh, when, it comes to, um, the, when it comes to the schar. Um, and he splits with him the schar, proper contract. But if the person is already learning, 
so then you can't sell him chilek bishvil mamon sheyitena. Meaning you can't sell. It's you can't actually make a kinyan on the schar limud that a person has. It only works if you stipulate beforehand that the schar is going to split 50-50. Once you already learned, you can't say, oh, I'll sell you the last 10 years of my learning schar uh, for you know, $2 million or whatever so it is. This last line Ramah is not clear to me. Does he mean if someone has been learning for the last 10 years full time, he can't say, okay, I'll give you five years of learning, you give me five years of wages. Is that what he's saying? Or he's saying, because the, the beginning of the Ramah sounded like, you don't have, no one's decided what they're doing with their life. I go to someone, I say, okay, he, I'll support you from today and you learn. Then you could divide it. Right. But then it sounds like if someone was a, so it doesn't mean if someone is already in Koilo, you, you can't do your Sakhar's Vulun, even going forward, or does it, does it mean that if he's already in Koilo, you can't do his Sakhar's Vulun going backwards, but you can do it going forwards? I I think it's in kivar osak if you already learnt, meaning the past learning. Uh, so all the past learning you can't sell. Right. Right. So it's just if you already learnt, it, it's only for stipulation going forward on future learning that the person left. Let's say you have a guy who's in Kolo, and he's going to be in Kolo no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So then you could, you could do. But he's, but he's already going to be there. What are you adding to the equation? What? Uh, the beginning of says, No, but it's just the way that the stipulation works. Right. Okay. Yeah, he would... He wouldn't take the money. Unless he, without the money, he can't do it. He's okay. Take, not taking the money because he's also have money in the bank account. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. And that's what it says. V'yachlikim in b'schar. Avaim kivar osak b'tarif. He already learned previous learning that he did. Eni yachal limkor You can't sell it. It's not like a right. sale, it's only a stipulation right. that but you if can... if someone says, I want to be learning full time, but it's like, even though I've been doing it for 10 years, yeah, so I then want to remain there, yeah. help me, then... Yeah. What if you don't make it tonight? You just give it to the doctor, but... Uh, I knew a Kolo guy who, who did one of these. But, uh, uh, there was a Balabas that was uh, doing a lot of tonight, uh, that was doing a lot of Yisachar's villains. Um, and one of the Kolo guys, he wanted to continue learning. He's like, this is my opportunity, so... He, so he did it. What if you don't do it tonight? Does it count? Like if you don't make a contract or a stipulation or even a verbal, surely it still count, right? If what? If a person doesn't make a verbal or written stipulation tonight, that yeah, so then it wouldn't like, count. It would not count. Yeah, it, he wouldn't. Yeah, the schar wouldn't be split fifty-fifty. You, the the balabas would still get the schar of tomche uh, of supporting Torah. Uh, of uh, Tamikas uh, Torah, but he wouldn't get the schar of Yisachar Zvul, where it splits 50-50. You're saying if he doesn't stipulate that they're going 50-50 on the schar, or he supports his son. Yeah, so then it wouldn't, it wouldn't split 50-50. You'd get the schar of, of supporting Torah, which we said is an amazing, in the beginning we had... Uh, Isn't that self-understood though? Surely that's self-understood. That what? That if someone, if A is supporting B, whether it's a relative or something. No, because this is a, this is specifically, it's like a business deal that you're making. Like just like partnership, we go 50-50 on everything. So that's what the, that's what you're saying. When you do Yisachar Zvulin, it's a partnership in your learning. It's a 50-50 partnership. Not that I'm learning and you're supporting me and yes, you'll get, you'll get schar for supporting me. It's no, we're 50-50 in this. Both of us are putting in our hishtadlas. 
uh, and therefore we want to, yeah, to split the star amount. This is a very difficult concept. Yeah. Because uh, ultimately all star is in the hands of a Kodesh Baruch Yeah. <laughs> we are sort of basically, uh, you know, um, um, assuming to ourselves the... <laughs> We uh, that that uh, that that, 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 that will be be accruing. Yeah, I find it very difficult. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's always difficult. But here, what he's saying is, it's it's real partnership, just like business partners. You make a legal partnership, something which is in the in the other shed. Yeah. There is a difference because if you make that agreement, if you don't have an agreement. In other words, it's for the benefit of the so people, the people who, yeah, are, who are making the... Yeah, yeah. It's more, more obligation on yourself with an agreement than just generally supporting, because that support can disappear tomorrow. Hang on a second, with this, yeah. I have another question. With this 50, so let's say you have a 50-50 sky arrangement, I will pay your wages. You pay, does that mean that, let's say a person becomes a billionaire, does he have to give half of his, half of his earnings to the... the no, uh, no, it's a certain amount or whatever the... Then you can have multiple people you're supporting yeah, it's and whatever. then you get more schar yeah. than if you were sitting there learning. Yeah, pretty much. Really? <laughs> so it's Using, to, yeah, to be it's good part. leverage. <laughs> Um, you're supporting ten people, and then you're getting the you're getting the, the, the learning of five people, yeah. half, half the learning, which is more than you could get in your own. So. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> you get oil of my Yeah. Five times the amount. Yeah, I did hear from uh, Balabas in uh, Chicago. He asked um, he asked Rav Chaim Kanievsky if he should stop working. Uh, he told Rav Chaim Kanievsky how much he's making, I don't know, probably two million a year or something like that. Uh, a really wealthy person ate at his house a few times. Uh, he collects Mishnah Bruas from every very interesting guy. He has Rav uh, Steinman Mishnah Bruah. Um, he has from the from the mirror of Chaim Shmuel Levitz at Shanghai. You could see like the Chinese printed on the cover because uh, they use the old Chinese books to reprint them and stuff. Very cool. Um, and he has all the all the notes from the Gedolim as well. Rebeliashev's Mishnah Bura. He just went. He hired somebody to go house to house and buy all the Mishnah Buras, and he has them all in a in a shelf. And you could look like one to the next with all the notes. Very cool. Uh, so he asked. <clears throat> Uh, he asked Rav Chaim Kanievsky if he should if he should stop working or minimize his hours in order that he should uh, that he should learn more. Uh, Rav Chaim Kanievsky said said uh, how much are you giving to yeshivas? Whatever he told them around what he was supporting the yeshiva. He said absolutely not. Uh, like the um, the amount that you're doing for to support the yeshivas is is I don't know how to say that but like but more than the learning. Uh, that you would do. He said, obviously, you should be koveya itim and have your, your set hours and try to increase those hours. And yeah, if you wanted to take off like an hour or two to, to, um, to grow and, and do more. Um, but the amount, right, you're, if you're supporting 100 kolo yungalite, leveraging your time 100 times of, of what you would be able to do. Um, so that uh, you have an achrayas now to, to, to support those yeshivas. Uh, and if you would now taper off and give the yeshivas less, everybody's going to be struggling. Uh, so that's what Rav Chaim Kanievsky told them uh, at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so we see it's not like it's a real, uh, real schluss. And yeah, a person could be leveraging if he's making a lot of money. Uh, he could be leveraging his time even more through 
could be through working than through learning. It's not pushing. Uh, but everybody should ask their own, own shilas when it, when it comes time. Um, okay, so now we'll move on to Sif Beis. Uh, this is a Gemara in Kedushin. Yeah, Gemara in Kedushin. That a person should learn Torah and then afterwards he should get married. Uh, because if a person gets married first, it's, he's not going to be able to learn Torah. <laughs> um, the, the Gemara refers to it as, a, uh, as putting um, uh, a grinding... A what? A millstone. A millstone on your neck. Uh, right? Uh, marriage can grind you down. <laughs> There's no more freedom. And if a person cannot concentrate without a woman, because his Yitzhahara is miskaber on him, then then he should get married to a woman uh, first. Uh, so this is a big question now uh, that a lot of the Rosh Hashivas have different opinions on. What age should a person get married on? Uh, so there are those who are in favor. A person shouldn't get married till 21, 22, 23. Uh, why? Because uh, he's got to learn Torah first. He needs a good five years in yeshiva. He's got to get a, a good foundation uh, in learning to his life, in halacha, in gemara, in poskim. Uh, and then afterwards, he should, he should get married. But on the flip side, uh, you have uh, other Rosh Yeshiva that said, no, 18, 19, I already want the guys dating because too much Yetzirah, right? A person is at his uh, peak Yetzirah at that age. Uh, gets up to no good. Uh, first get married, it'll calm down the Yetzirah, he'll be more settled, uh, and then uh, and, and then he can learn afterwards in Kolo for many years. Shmona Esra Yeah, Shmona and you have, uh, who is it, Rebelli Yezer, who said, uh, I, I would poke the eyes of the Satan, because I got married at 18. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch himself passes in Eben Ezra, I think, 18, and then latest 20. So when he brings it down here, he's talking about between the ages of 13 and 18 or 13 and 20. At that point, you should learn and not get, you shouldn't get married at 13 or 14 or 15. Yeah. You need to learn at least till you're 18 or at most till you're 20. Yeah. But he's not saying like, the guy should learn till he's 40, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's also Pasha that, that we're maturing slower. Um, it's interesting, like, uh, like our instincts are kicking in faster. Uh, like hormones are coming in faster based on what we're eating, etc. Uh, but maturing wise, like it's we're not sent out into the field and required basic living and survival at a young age, right? Our parents let us uh, chill at home. We have maids or uh, workers helping us out. Uh, everything nowadays, uh, since baby boomers, right, are spoiling the kids. Uh, so, so much less responsibilities that kids have. Definitely maturing much slower. Uh, so the same thing with marriage. You need to be on a certain level of responsibility in order to take care of a home, to think outside of yourself, to think about others, to be less, less self-centered. Uh, and generally you find when kids get married at 18, right, unless you're like more mature, uh, but that could sometimes, person's not mature enough, to fully hold space uh, for, for another person. So that's also another factor that goes in. Uh, is, are people f- mature enough uh, to be able to get along, get past their, their hakpados uh, and get married at, a, at such Mel- a young age? You go to Melbourne or New York or Yerushalayim, you have Hasidic, they all get married at 18. Yeah. And you don't find that like, they have a huge, I mean, we don't, you don't know it individually, but overall it seems like 
Right. Uh, yep, could be. <laughs> it's also like dependent on the society, right? Like certain, um, like certain societies, it's just more like they they follow with like timimus, like uh, trust their parents. They're going into it fully. This is what Hashem wants from me. Uh, so there's more of like le- there's less complications of like ah oh, she said this to me now I have double thoughts and uh, it's m- much more simplistic right the, the, that kind of lifestyle uh, so it could be getting married at 18 will work you have to know for every society what the ideal age is um, and what's gonna produce the most re- uh, produce the best marriage uh, and go into it with with uh, with that kind of mindset and at that age. Uh, so for generally for literary society people are they they get married a little bit later they find that that's what works best when people are at the right uh, maturity other societies it's going to work to get married younger it's also on an individual level right some people will ask their rosh yeshiva be like oh, you're ready to get married at 19 um, I've seen that many times where the rosh yeshiva wanted specific individuals uh, to start dating younger than others uh, so it's really dependent on every person matures differently based on his life circumstances, based on his uh, characteristics um, and what he's exposed to. And it's a cultural thing as well, right? Melbourne generally get ma- married much younger. Um, in America, it depends on the place. Some places older, some places younger. Uh, Eretz Yisrael also, uh, the boys and girls get married much younger. Um, and it works based on the society and what people see other people doing and how fast they mature and what they're exposed to. Uh, so all that is going gonna, is gonna to affect. Um, okay. Uh, so we'll do one more halach over here. Uh, so that's uh, the age that a person should get married. And those are basically the two playing factors that come in. Right? On the one hand, we want you to get married young because Yitzhar Miskaber Alav. And then once you get married... Uh, so then your, your instincts are more settled, and then you could focus more on learning, right? But on the other hand, once you get married, then you have all these responsibilities, much more difficult to focus on learning and give like 100% of your all, um, right? You always, what? Daigas Parnasa, you got to support the, exactly, you got to support the family, um, and your wife needs support as well, and uh, somebody to talk to. So you have these two conflicting ideas, and a person basically has to take into account which one of those uh, is is affecting him most, and um, and how he can get uh, the the best learning out of his out of his time. Um, okay, moving on to Gimel. Until when is a person obligated to learn? Until the day he dies, right? Well, a person, it's it's not like a taper off. Learning isn't. Tapering off, like as you get uh, as you get older, you can learn a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less. Uh, on the contrary, maybe right as you get older, sometimes we have more time uh, as we're getting closer to retirement or retiring. Uh, so a person's obligated to learn until the day that he dies. Because uh, the pasuk says you should not remove the words of Torah from your heart all of the days of your life. And whenever a person is not uh, involved in learning Torah, he ends up forgetting Torah. Right? It's like uh, it's like a downward uh, elevator. Right? Anytime you're not you're not going up. Yeah, you're going down. Yes, you're <laughs> going downwards. Uh, the same thing with our memory. It drops uh, it drops memories and thoughts. So, like as you as you continue on, if you're not chazering or if you're not learning new, new Torah, so then you're going to end up forgetting, uh, and then eventually Torah is not going to be on the forefront of your mind. 
You're not going to be thinking on those lines, uh, and your avodas Hashem altogether is going to uh, is going to drop. Uh, so that's the importance of a person continuously learning, right? Uh, never, oh, okay, I'm already 70. Now I can relax, right? Bikesh Yaakov Leisha right? Once I'm 70, I can relax. No, a person always has to be pushing himself uh, to, to gain uh, as much Torah knowledge as he possibly can, uh, even later into life. Uh, to make sure that uh, that he's that he's never emptying out from from Torah and his avodas Hashem. Um, okay, we'll stop over here at Gimel for today. Shakoach, everybody. A lot of interesting controversy.